Hello everyone, welcome to Figment of My Reality, where we talk about the true stuff that makes this bigger world seem made up. I'm your first co-host, Jeremy Bales. I'm your other co-host, Jason Wright. So Jeremy, you ever keep doing something throughout your life? Not Maybe, maybe not like back to back to back, but like every once in a while you do it and it's something really dumb and you feel bad every time you do it. I feel like you have something very specific in mind. <laughs> I do. Every single time I cut any pepper that's hotter than a bell pepper, about an hour or two later, after I'm done cooking, after I wash my hands and everything, mm-hmm. I find out you didn't wash your hands quite good enough, Jason, because I rub my <laughs> nose and I just start spewing liquids out of my face. <laughs> so... um I take it this happened recently. What were yeah, you, like uh, 30 were minutes ago. <laughs> are you in a position, medically speaking, to continue this podcast, Jason? You, you know, my eyes are watering. I'm, I'm holding myself back from having the sniffles, okay. but the show must, must go on. That makes for tremendous recording, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, what were you fixing up? Maybe some uh, jalapeno poppers. What you got? Some uh, some tasty, tasty salmon. Mm-hmm. A little little pepper in the sauce. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, those pepper seeds find a way up my nose every single time. Yeah, at least it was your nose and not your eyes there, killer. Yeah, uh, I might have had to put the put the podcast on pause if it was in the old uh, looking looking sockets. <laughs> The old uh, windows to the soul, if you will. <laughs> but yeah, it makes me feel dumb every single time. Well, I I get it, but I feel like you've done your due diligence in the sense that you've, you know, you washed your hands, you uh, you cleaned all the knives, you did whatever the case may be to uh, to prevent these issues. But you know, there's just that little fragment of uh, of pepper that just loves those orifices. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't put it in a grosser way. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Alrighty. I'm, uh, I'll take a point on this week's episode. So, Jason, I'm going to tell you about an individual named of Michael Lotito, which uh, sounds maybe Hispanic or, or Latin name, but he was actually born in France, which, again... So we seem to have a, a strong French theme on this show, which, you know, take it at face value if you will, but maybe France has some weirdness going on. I'm not going to say... Mean for a, I mean, a place that's known for having people pretending to be in a box and dragging themselves mm. across the road with by an imaginary rope, I imagine some weird shit happens there. If you got something against mimes, Jason, you really should just say... I mean, who doesn't have something against mimes? <laughs> so Michael Latito goes by the nickname Monsieur Mangetou, which translates to Mr. Eat All, or probably Eat It All type of thing. And he developed, or I guess found, a strange uh, ability of his when he was very young. Like I said, he was born in France in 1950. When he was nine, he developed a... Uh, a fascination and the ability to eat dangerous objects that would, you know, when I say dangerous, I say things that would typically be harmful for the human digestive system, which is to say metal and glass. 
And not only did he find the ability to do this, he became quite fond of doing it. How mad do you think his mom was? Pissed, dude. He's Real pissed. It's like, God, we're one fork short on the silver set. Yum, 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 yum. <laughs> Michael, <laughs> Michael. <laughs> What's in your mouth? <laughs> yeah, so this this dude, the, the legend of it, I couldn't find confirmation on when he first figured out that he could do this, was that he was uh, sipping from a, a glass and it shattered. And the whole thing just slid down his throat. <laughs> <laughs> well, the glass shattered, and allegedly, you know, we try to bring as many facts as we can to this show, but the catalyst for this this man was that allegedly he just started munching on these uh, these pieces of glass. Now, I've never <laughs> I've never chewed on glasses though they were tortilla chips before, but my inkling would be that, you know, in addition to that tasty glass, you might catch a little bit of blood. <laughs> It's just more seasoning to that glass, you know. I guess. That, I, I'm assuming you, if you chew it up fine enough, you get into that that gritty type. That sort of granular uh, sand feel. or salt type yeah, of thing. And, and the blood that that accumulates just helps to hold it all together as it slides down the tube. Mm, delightful. <laughs> but yeah, so he quickly was uh, seen by... Oh, wait, this... wait, 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 wait. Yeah. How, how are you drinking... A glass of water. Well, it turns in, out he also has super strength. And <laughs> break the glass in such a way that it just slides into your mouth. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. It, so you can have the opportunity to think about chewing it. Well, the cool thing is about this story, which we're not going to get into, and which might have been seen as sort of an omission to the articles I've seen, is that the man also had super strength. And that just was sort of a byproduct <laughs> of it. <laughs> He's like uh, the little kid trying to drink out of a styrofoam cup and accidentally smashes it. Just crushes. Hulk crushes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Michael was quickly seen by doctors and gastro. Uh, I imagine so. Gastroenterologists, I think. They check out your, your innards. And they found out not only was he found this fondness for things, but his digestive system was defined as resilient, which I think might be the understatement <laughs> of the century. Uh, <laughs> what would you name this this awkward superhero it seems like we have on our hands? Like uh, Captain Munch, maybe? I don't know, but I mean, obviously his slogan is take a bite out of crime, right? Like, literally, he will bite you. <laughs> like, I, I feel like there is no other option. <laughs> I mean, if you come at him with a, you come at him with a knife, a gun, he's just going to bite it in half. He, well, if a bullet goes through his throat, I might uh, limit Mr. Eat-All here. Oh, who, who knows if a bullet would be able to penetrate the back of that man's strong, strong throat. God bless it, dude. I don't know. I don't know. But as any normal human would do, he immediately decided to use this as a, a plug to be an entertainer. And so began the <laughs> career of Mr. Eat-All. Monsieur Mangitou. Is a stupid name, Mr. Edol. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna, I got some stats here for you, Jason. And mm-hmm. uh, we can go over them sh- briefly, or we can dig into them as you like. Yeah, bring, bring me this man's credentials. So as an entertainer, <clears throat> he ate, and this is in their entirety, 18 bicycles. So right there, you got lots of metal. You got mm. uh, the rubber from the tires. Presumably, there's a chain there, which probably goes down like some uh, undercooked spaghetti, I would presume. 
<laughs> seven televisions, glass and all. One coffin, which seems like a peculiar choice if you ask me. <laughs> does he eat his way out of the coffin? How is this presented in the entertainment fashion? Does he, does he have to eat his friend out of the coffin? Does Oh. You know, kind of a, you need to hurry up and eat this coffin kind of right, thing. Right, kind, like uh, kind of like a minute to win it. If you yeah, exactly. <laughs> Could you imagine this dude on like modern day TV shows of things like, all you have to do is eat. 50 hot dogs in one minute. And he'd be like, can I get, uh, can I get these coated in metal, please? <laughs> Just tastes better for me. Now, could you imagine if he grew up around Harry Houdini and decided to do the Harry Houdini thing, but he's Just in a straight jacket and he just starts eating it. How pissed do you think Harry Houdini was like, oh, I went through years and years of, you know, training my, my ability to, uh, to escape. And you just got this dude who comes along, munch, 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 <laughs> like a freaking Pac-Man, and he just goes to town. Watch me escape this safe by chewing out the side of it. But what about, he's been in that coffin for 15 days. No, he's just eating it, man. <laughs> it's not a survival he's, technique, it is. He's enjoying himself, let him alone. <laughs> to add to his credentials, he has a pair of skis, which I think that's a plexiglass material. I'm not sure what uh, skis are made of. This this one struck me as odd. Six chandeliers. Mm. Do you, I'm wondering if that includes the wax candles that are typically found in them, or if this was in the time period where it was uh, he went for the more modern light bulb approach. Either way, he's well, getting. I feel like I feel like those little add-ons would be like little toppings on a pizza. Maybe Depends appetizers. Depends on how yeah. you, how you view it. Does he do that beforehand, or does he do it during as uh, flavorings? Maybe he's a plain cheese kind of guy. He takes the candles off. So, this brings up a question that I didn't foresee. Taste buds are a thing, right? Not for this guy. I mean, that's my question. <laughs> <laughs> is, is Does different wax have different... Like, what's, what is the flavoring of glass, of metal, of rubber, of wax? Of... I, I mean, I think metal and glass would have to have, like, a very like earthy mineral taste mm -hmm. yes um wax uh i would be too caught up with it all stuck in my teeth to be worried about the taste yeah um, and the blood again yeah <laughs> <laughs> i feel like that goes uh unmentioned but uh did the articles go into into how he actually ate this stuff did he grind it up or was he just like chomping away or so the way the way it describes it, and it doesn't give it a whole lot of detail about how he went about eating it day to day, but he basically, it said he made it into like manageable pieces of metal or glass or whatever the, the material was. So I presume it was like bite-sized things. Can't say for sure though. That wasn't a whole lot of detail that was provided. By the imagine? way, I meant to mention this earlier. This is a legit disease or dysfunction maybe called PICA, P-I-C-A. And it is it has happened more than once, but I can't find another individual who made this type of lifestyle with this disease. When you get lemons, uh, you make eat, lemonade. You eat the pitcher that the lemonade goes <laughs> into. But uh, how entertaining would it be to see you go? You pay your fifty cents to go watch this guy eat a yeah, bicycle. Yeah. You you go sit down. There's a man and man in a bicycle on the stage. Right. Now you have to wait three hours while he cuts this bicycle into manageable bite-sized pieces. Well, I'm wondering <laughs> if he had anything else to supplement the... Like, could he do sweet wheelies? Or did he ever take it off any dope ramps? 
<laughs> and then he's like, oh, breaks a piece of it off down the hatch. I'll make this whole thing disappear. <laughs> Crazy. Kind of like a kind of like a, a magic show meets a X Games. Carnival meets <laughs> X Games. Yeah. yeah. Well, I want to talk a little bit about his uh, crowning achievement, uh, and that was it. Just blows my mind. So his crowning achievement, Mister Edal, ate every piece in its entirety of a 150 Cessna airplane. I did do a little bit of checking. The swing thing weighs 985 pounds, which for an airplane seems a little bit light. But hey, the dude ate an airplane. <laughs> it was over the course of two years, from 78 to 80, and he ate it piece by piece. Like I said, cutting it down into smaller, uh, manageable chunks. And he ate about two pounds of metal a day. I'm sure that's good for the digestive system. It has to be. So my question to you, Jason Wright, my dear co-host, if you had this ability, what do you think is something that you would pay money to acquire, likely, and then devour? I mean, do I have to? I'm assuming you do. I have to. You do. In this hypothetical, Jason, you do have to pay some sum of money and then eat that thing which goes net negative by about mm, the cost of a plane <laughs> oh, if i'm gonna buy a random object and eat it to yeah. impress to impress people that is the point to impress people I, with your pika. i think i think i want to buy like a bugatti or something i want it to be just expensive make I, like i'm gonna put on my my fancy bib for this meal and what? uh <laughs> And munch away and be like, wow, look at that guy over there. He's eating a Bugatti. You know it would be great, Jason, is if you went to uh, wherever one acquires Bugattis, purchased it, and then, hey, uh, can I get the keys to this? Down the hatch. <laughs> well, <laughs> they would really look at you if... like you are a freak. Because you, really you are in this you... sense. What would be really good is if you show up and you go, can I get, take this for a test spin? Oh, no. Like, sure. <laughs> and you go over and you snap the handle off. And Whoops. Munch, munch, munch. <laughs> so one interesting thing uh, about this, I don't know, disposition. I really don't know how to qualify because it, it doesn't seem terribly harmful if the dude could just sort of manage life. But he chose to do his typical thing. The curious, the curiosity about the biology brought up a pretty strange problem that you wouldn't really foresee. He struggled to eat soft foods like bananas. <laughs> you just bit them too hard. The potency of the stomach acids, I guess, had some sort of negative effect on it because they were used to putting down, you know, about a pound or two of metal a day. Mm -hmm. They just couldn't handle the soft foods as much, which is odd. I found. Mm-hmm very odd and kind of what what's in my mind is maybe he thought he had some type of super superpower and he's mm -hmm. thinking whatever i eat maybe i'll be able to morph into and Ooh. the first 17 times he ate the bicycles he's like man it just hasn't worked yet <laughs> maybe on this 18th bicycle i'll be able to turn my legs into wheels the level of belief like he would have to be to be a transformer. Now, what was he playing at then, Jason, when he did eat the coffin? <laughs> you know, what type of mind is like, I just want to hug somebody while they've passed till the end of time? <laughs> well, he, I, if I was him, I guess maybe he's thinking everybody dies. I'm going to have to go at some point. And maybe I'll save everybody the hassle of buying my coffin and I'll just turn into the coffin. And I'll, I will, I, I will in turn 
give a lifelong hug to somebody six feet under. (laughs) (laughs) The ultimate embrace. Yes, exactly. So Michael Letito passed away in 07. It says of natural... 07? It says of natural causes. Yeah, he was 57 years old. But I don't believe it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're in a relatively stupidity. modern. Yeah, you're in a relatively modern age, right? So, mm-hmm. 1950 to 2007. There's fairly good qualities of medicine available, I would say, in the last decade and a half. And the man dies at 57 due to natural causes. Now, I wonder if they qualify as natural causes as. Uh, a bad diet, because I do think that had some <laughs> level of impact on Mr. Latino. <laughs> I want to see that man try to get through security at the airport, because he, his blood must call, have he's so a much... <laughs> you can't, he's not going anywhere. <laughs> his blood probably has enough iron in it to set off the, the sensors. He, they're going to strip him down, and they're going to be running the metal detector across him, and it's going to be going crazy. And yeah, they're going to be like... He is comparable to Wolverine at that point, I would say. <laughs> Maybe that was the plan, right? Because comics were definitely around. Wolverine was probably... I don't know when you know, Wolverine was invented in comics. But he was like, let me just coat my bones in this metal. <laughs> it's not quite... Was it vibranium or adamantine? But, you know, it'll do. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that is, uh, that's Mr. Edol, Michael Letito. R.I.P. One plane, 18 bikes, seven, t- seven TVs. You know, what can't this man do except... Eat a banana. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so my story is a little different. It's not about a uh, a man eating a bunch of metal. Um, No, it it, it is about (laughs) it is about a very wealthy man. Carrie Packer, who resided from Australia. Um, he had a very eventful life that we are not going to talk about most of. Um, but he's very rich. Jason, Bill- this is, I don't know if you know what this show is about. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're going to cover a portion of this man's life. The, what I would consider the most interesting part. But he was born in 1937 just to give you a time frame he was born into a really wealthy family um, that owned some media organizations and he developed that stuff even further they had like television he was the first man to bring cricket to tv um he owned a couple magazine things blah 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 lots of money okay good for him so if you have lots of money what do you usually like to do uh, make it rain. <laughs> you like to make it rain. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't think that would be quite our taste to talk about on this podcast. Um, Negative, but yeah. <laughs> I would um, just go to a local supermarket and make it rain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Money for everyone. <laughs> well, I guess that's the trick, right? Wealthy people stay wealthy by not making it rain. <laughs> well, what Carrie Packer liked to do was doing a little gambling oh yeah that makes sense too and as a multi-billionaire you would imagine that he likes to gamble a lot suck it bezos and he uh would routinely bet hundreds of thousands of dollars over a, a gambling binge and sometimes tens of millions of dollars Whoa. 
Spicy. <laughs> he was a prolific gambler, pretty well known all around the world in the gambling sphere. And in uh, Vegas, there was a saying going around that was, when Kerry Packer was in town, nobody took a day off because the man was not only wealthy, but generous. So let's go. You know, so people always say, at least I've heard people say, like, if they had all this money, they would be giving out like random tips of like tons of money and just be like giving it out to people to yeah. you know, kind of change their life and stuff. And you don't always, you don't always you know hear what's about cool, that. Jason. Mm-hmm. It's cool when people um, gamble with volumes of money that I will probably never acquire in the totality <laughs> of my life. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's pretty wild, too. It's pretty neat, right? <laughs> yeah, neat. <laughs> I'm sorry, Bezos. <laughs> but I don't. I hear about people give, giving money to charity all the time, which is probably the better thing to do, right? Yep. Yep, <laughs> to give probably. it to an organization that's going to do something good with it. The charity of Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's also nice to hear about when somebody's just like randomly handing out large sums of money to people yeah, that cool. could really use it. So what Packer would do sometimes is just randomly give out huge tips to the dealers or the people running the tables or uh, waitresses if they are very attentive to him. Sometimes he'd pay off people's mortgages. Um, oh my god! <laughs> there's one time where he was in the gambling uh, casino, and that one gambling casino, <laughs> the one gambling casino, and he wanted to tip the the dealer eighty thousand mm, dollars. Classic. And and she was like, "Sorry, I'm sorry, sir, but I can't accept an eighty thousand dollar tip. It's going to go into the pool, and we're going to split it all. I'm only going to see a small fraction of it. I can't take the whole eighty thousand dollars." And he started to get furious. He wanted to tip this woman eighty thousand dollars. Sir, you and, may in fact tip me one eighty thousand dollars. <laughs> and uh, so what Packer did was he called over the owner when he was furious and he demanded that this woman be fired for not accepting the tip okay got a little weird <laughs> she gets fired right on the spot because he's betting all this money he has clout yeah he has some clout he has some pool and they want to keep him happy so they fire her. so then he hands her eighty thousand dollars and then he looks at the owner and demands that she be rehired can you say baller move? <laughs> <laughs> what a play <laughs> So that's the kind of uh, clout that this guy had. He was, like, running these casinos. He was betting so much money. That is legit insane. Not only did he bet a lot, but he also knew what he was doing. He he wasn't just making blind bets. He knew how to play all these games. He was He was known for actually shutting a couple casinos down and making them go bankrupt because he would win so much money. This dude also sounds like a superhero, but a much cooler one than Mr. <laughs> Edol. <laughs> so, um, supposedly in 1990... Yo, is this dude still give out tips? <laughs> um, I don't think so. But uh, Aspinall is a casino in London, and they supposedly went bankrupt because he won so much money there. And he was quoted after that they got shut down 
I always wanted to be banned from a casino for winning too much money, which is what started happening. He started getting banned from a, particularly smaller casinos that couldn't sure. afford him winning big sums of money, but he started being banned from a few casinos. This dude is like a G, like a legit G. <laughs> he is. So it's unclear what his biggest bet was. In in one case, he was known to uh, go to a table and bet half a million dollars per hand of blackjack. At that casino, he was told to never come back for the rest of his life because in a single evening, he won $26 million. This, I, like, I, I am shell-shocked with this event. Like, there's nothing... Like, I, I can't even add a cool commentary, which is typically <laughs> my thing. <laughs> it's yeah, insane. And, it's insane. And, and he uh, continues to be generous to, like, anybody he kind of runs into at these casinos. I'm assuming he he gave out money all the time. It wasn't just at these casinos, but, like, um, there was another time he needed to be taken to the hospital in an emergency. And several months or after some time passed after he got better anybody that was associated to getting him to the hospital and taking care of him he gave them one million dollars each chump change i will say (laughs) and possibly the biggest move or baller move i guess you'd say that he made was he's at a casino a high roller table rolling with his crew does his crew also roll like he does i assume they're similar but they cannot be rolling the same no no way but he's betting, doing his thing, and a Texan walks over. He's apparently some oil t- tycoon or something. And he asks if he could join them. And Packer just kind of scoffs at him and is like, no, no. <laughs> and uh, the Texan gets furious. <laughs> yeah, it makes thought, sense. But <laughs> he gets super mad and he starts throwing out all his credentials at, at Packer. And he's saying, I'm worth 60 to $100 million. What, who are you not to let me join you? Blah, blah, blah. And Packer says, okay, well, are, are you willing to bet all of it against me on the coin flip? On a coin flip? <laughs> so Packer looks this Texan in the eyes and said, are you willing to put every penny into your name to a coin flip? Dude says te- no, so he's like, then no, you're not you're not rolling with me. <laughs> yeah, the Texan backs down, doesn't take the bet. But this is more than likely the largest bet to ever be proposed. Seriously. What, 80, 80 mil on a coin flip? Somewhere between 60 to $100 million on a coin flip. And there are several witnesses to this that's, that said this was a legitimate thing that could have happened if this... Texan had the cojones. This is a bad, bad dude. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my goodness. He's the the guy that walks by and you go, Mama, who is that man? Because he just (laughs) got that swagger about $100 million wouldn't be a whole lot to him. Multi-billionaire. I mean, that's fine. It's like, yeah, you're throwing pennies against someone who has nothing but pennies. He's the kind of man that was generous with his money in a different kind of way. Uh, like you kind of hinted towards before, maybe he shouldn't have been throwing it all away at the casino. Maybe he could have done something better with it there. Could be. But he did live a wild and crazy life during during this casino run in times. Yeah, it sounds crazy, man. 
If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review as it helps us out a bunch. Uh, if you're interested in contacting us with a story that you might know about that you want us to dig into or you know something that we just don't, uh, you can reach out to us on our social medias, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We are at Fig of My Reality. And if you want to email us at gmail.com, it's figmintofmyreality at gmail.com. Here's up with that fact. Our piece of reality for this week is Frederick Bauer, the man who uh, founded Pringles. Uh, whenever he passed in the 1980s, he had his remains put in a original flavored Pringles can. I'm Jeremy Bales. And I'm Jason Wright. Talk to you next week. Mm-hmm.